Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. I'm educated and trained within the Army Rangers and the Army Intelligence Academy. I did 18 years within the Swedish police and the Swedish security police. I founded the class protection team for the Crown Princess Victoria of Sweden and was one of the operational managers for the class protection team for the Swedish royal family. Some years after I left the security police and while working with the national police, I decided to leave. It's a great job, but with a lot of negativity. Uh, you have great colleagues, but I feel like they complain on everything. Complain on the management, complain on the politicians, complain on younger colleagues. Uh, and I didn't want to, to be one of them. I didn't want to end up middle-aged and bitter, so I decided to start my own business. We are a premium supplier of business intelligence products, fraud and IP investigations, as well as on-site emergency support. We move in an environment where lack of understanding and control fires back at companies and managers. Where only trust is not enough, but where control must be thoroughly exercised. Many foreigners consider them sometime as a victim of something, unfair treatment or fraudulent behavior. In the home countries, they would perhaps be a victim of something, victim of the crime perhaps. In China, they are part of the problem since they did little or nothing to prevent it. China is my home. This is where I met my wife and where my Chinese family, after careful consideration, brought me into their family. This is where my son is born. This is the place that provided we, me with so much. It's love and hate, but nothing in between. Today I run PSU, travels frequent between our offices in Beijing, Shanghai. I'm acting chairman in the Swedish Chamber of Commerce in China, as well as director of the board of the Swedish fastener company, Bulten, located in Tianjin. Lars, uh, that is so great to have you on the show. Can you say your name once more, your name and um, something about you personally? Well, I'm Lars. My name is, full name is Lars Oke Severin. Uh, personally, I'm, uh, I'm a person who likes to be in an environment with, with fast changes, challenging environment. Uh, I, I like when it's a little bit uphill. Uh, I don't like to be too comfortable and I like challenges. You just talked a lot about chances and opportunities. Uh, would you say there are more or less opportunities right now? Well, China 2020 is not China 2005 when I came. There's a huge difference. And even if opportunities look different, they are, def they are definitely there. Maybe even more than ever. Uh, I think what is important to remember is that we all have our own China life. We all consider things different. What might be less exciting for me today is totally exciting for somebody else. So I would say there are definitely at least as many opportunities today as there used to be. I think it's a question about if you really are looking for them and you are really ready to catch them, then they are there. You really have a lot of experience. Can you explain a bit more about this? What would you say is the largest difference between 2005 and between today from a business perspective? Is it harder or easier, more or less fun? Tell me a bit about it. I think there are so many differences that it would be impossible to provide you a short answer. But the environment 2005 and 
2020 is totally different. People are different. But that means people are maybe more different in Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, but they are less different if you travel out in the provinces. They are still different. I think the environment changed. You look at people that today are 2025 compared with people who were 2025, 2005. Uh, it's, it's a totally more uh, social, outgoing, well-educated, uh, more international environment if you look at the situation in the big cities. Uh, more fun or less fun? I would say it's more fun since there are more people with a similar business mindset uh, that you perhaps were looking for back in 2005. It's less fun from my perspective since the world became more silent. China became more silent and I think people are less uh, interested in having creative discussions. I can give you an example. 2006, 7, 8, 9, maybe 2010, we still had a lot of discussions about China, uh, positive things, negative things. We discussed the world. Uh, I think that until at least 2008, 2009, the view for many people in China was to look out from China, look to what we would call the, the Western world. After the financial crisis, uh, I often say that the world became silent because after the financial crisis, the world needed China more than China needed the world. So I think people more, or countries actually, aligned behind a kind of silence in order not to disturb the relationship with China. And I think that people stopped really considering the Western world as a role model. Because while US and Europe went into a financial crisis, China invested themselves out of this crisis. And if you look at US today, you look at Europe today, with the challenges within our political systems, it's maybe tempting to consider that the system we live within today in China uh, is safer. It provides more stable growth. Uh, it's maybe difficult to see that chaos is a part of the political system outside China. So I think that people stopped challenge, they became more quiet. And that is a sad part of, of my life in China. The good, exciting part is that there are so many more competitive Chinese companies. There are so many more competitive Chinese individuals so that you really, you cannot relax. You really need to be on top of your game. Uh, otherwise, you're out of business. And I, I consider that a positive thing. You know, when I talk to my friends about China, the issue of copying and cheating and business ethics always come up. You stated that you never get cheated, you allow yourself get cheated. What does that mean? Actually, it's, it's uh, a guiding star in my life. And it generates from an happening many years ago when I considered myself cheated by a friend. And I was very aggressive verbally in front of a older member of our family. And my older family member who I consider a mentor asked me, are you man or mouse? And I said, what? Are you man or mouse? I said, man, of course. And then she said, then never speak like that. Consider your responsibility. You knew 
what was going on, but you didn't act against it. And I think it's the same, especially in this environment. Many foreigners, they arrived to China embedded in a belief that somebody will take care of them. If you don't protect yourself, you don't protect your own interest, you might be taken advantage of. Uh, and nobody will pity you. In Sweden, for example, where I come from, you can put your bag on the, on the ground when you are having dinner outside and somebody steal your bag. And, and everybody will pity you. They say, I'm so sorry for you. And nobody will say, are you stupid? Why did you put the bag on the ground? So in this environment, you need to be more prepared. You need to consider that if you are not a part of the solution, you are part of the problem. So you cannot uh, work without controls. You cannot only trust that everybody will do exactly what you ask them to do. You need to exercise quite a high level of control. If you don't do that, then don't pity yourself. That is what I mean, that you do not get cheated. You allow yourself to be cheated. You have much more experience in China than I do, and also much more than lots of our audience. What do you regret not doing from the very beginning? And by that, what would you understand as a key advice to our audience? I think that uh, it's mindset. Uh, I would say that I traveled to China uh, on a hinge. I just felt blown away by my first visits. Uh, I normally talk about the first year as a kind of honeymoon, where everything is positive, everything is great. You consider opportunities everywhere, and people are very different. They are often very positive to what you share with them. They're curious. They want to know more about you. And... And I felt in some naive way that I really could make a change. Um, and I could, but perhaps not in a way that I thought. What I do regret is that I not directly from the beginning considered myself as I had moved to China. I actually spent a couple of years believing that this might end. Uh, maybe I was confident, but maybe I should have been even more confident. I really should have considered myself moving to China, living in China, not having a plan that I might go back within a year or two. I should already have a mindset that now I'm here and this is where I will be. If you don't do that, time just disappears. And then you simply are behind some things that you could have done from, from the beginning. That is the only thing I regret. And this is what differentiates us flexpats from expats, right? So we come here, we want to stay here. Of course, there's lots of obstacles, but we want to take these and really make a living here. We want to find good jobs and grow just like we would at home. We want to build families and we want to make friends and we want to stay here. So I really love your spirit. But once more, tell me, what are the greatest obstacles for foreigners when arriving to China? if they want to try this kind of uh, life in China? And what would that be? Give us an example about this, please. I think that we, in general, as foreigners, we, we lack knowledge, we lack understanding. We actually know very, very little about China. And that is, of course, generated from our education, because China is not focused in our history education, for example. Uh, we also judge things based on how we were brought up how we were educated. 
We think we are open-minded, but are we? We need to understand that to some extent, we need to start all over again. We need to learn from the beginning. Uh, because some things in this environment are truly very different. And if we say that we are open-minded, we need to challenge ourselves on almost a daily basis and really exercise being open-minded. I think that is maybe the largest challenge, that we think we have a toolbox. We have a good education. We have a toolbox with us. But when we open the toolbox, the screwdriver don't fit the screw. Uh, the hammer is maybe not small enough. Maybe the hammer we have is too big. So I think it's very important that we need to remember that what we believe is correct is automatically not correct in this environment. So we need to take a step back, review what we have in front of us, challenge our beliefs, and then make a decision we believe in ourselves. How about time and speed? China's always in the news about speed. Is time an important factor when doing business in China? Well, I always tell new arrivals, people I meet, or people that joined our company, definitely if they are foreign years, is that time, time management, so to speak, is not key. It's everything. It's, it's also a mindset, like for me, It's not June 4 today. It's already October, and we are heading for the end of the year. Decision-making in China is so much faster, and you need to be equal fast. Suddenly, it's not one year that passed, but three years passed. And if we still keep on looking at our planning, we write beautiful business plans. Uh, we look at our risk appetite, and we spend weeks and months doing that. At the same time, our Chinese competitors opened two shops, four shops. When we open our first, our competitor opened 10. So we need to understand that we need to adapt. We need to find a balance between what risks we are prepared to take and the speed. If we only look at risks, we will be, we will be simply left behind. So I think we need to find a balance that fits us. But this environment is so much faster than most foreigners are ever used to. So that's why time is important. But if you take these kind of risks, you can fail. So what do you fear most, failure or success? Uh, of course, we all want, to su want success. We, we all want to show what we reach. But I, I personally think that we learn more from failure. That, 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 that means that you should not fear failure. Uh, it means that you should not stop trying by being afraid of failing. For example, losing a job might, might be very well be the best thing that ever happened to you. If you ask yourself, would you like to recruit a senior individual that never failed? What does that mean? Does that mean that that person is perfect in everything he or she does? Or does it mean that that person actually never really tried hard enough? I think that failing teaches you a lot of things. Of course, you need to learn from that experience so that you become successful in the end. But I don't think that the, the risk of failing can keep us behind. So I love to be successful, but 
I think that failure, especially for younger people, failure builds your character. It teaches you something. And drawn on that experience, you can only be stronger. Now, you're an entrepreneur, if I get it correctly, right? And you're also, let's say, you're older than 40, right? And um, so we have the job market in China for expats, lots of expats coming here with their companies. We have Chinese locals, very well trained, and we have flexpats. So what can be a key competitive factors being a flexpat? Well, first of all, I think what is important, and that's my personal reflection, if you go back 15, 20 years, you automatically had an advantage being a foreigner because Chinese people easily regarded you as well-educated and rich. Uh, and you could actually have a quite relaxing life as a manager because people didn't challenge you. Today, it's totally different. There are so many professional Chinese competing about perhaps the same, same position. Uh, so you need, to, you need to have a solid education or you need to have a solid uh, drive. Uh, best case scenario, you have both. If you do have that, I do believe that you have an educational experience. Uh, you have hands-on experience from back home connected to openness, directness. You have another toolbox with social skills normally that actually is very valuable. Uh, if you look on, on my business and, and the experience we have is, for example, people who have a university education, which in, in the Western world, so to speak, have another kind of angle where we are used to challenge each other, challenge what we read, challenge what we find. That is a key competitive factor, because if you bring that into the right environment, that grow business. And I think if you look from a Chinese perspective today, I would say that a growing number of Chinese business managers, Chinese owners, business owners, they want to challenge the business model they currently work with. They are not only looking at the Chinese market, they are also looking at an international market. So how you communicate, how you do sales, for example, can be a competitive factor being a foreigner. I totally get your point. I'm really happy of what you just shared because I am also a foreigner as a sales director. This is a position that typically is run by Chinese people. I'm working with a Chinese team and they really helped me to, to build uh, capability in both directions. So we can work with foreign companies in, in different places, but also in China and really understand the Chinese system and the mix is what really helps. So I totally agree with what you just said about the job market and about how to differentiate as a foreigner. But once more, imagine you were 25 years old and you were really thinking about this chance to, to travel back and to come to China or to stay in, in Sweden and do your career in, in the military. Would you come back to China once more? Absolutely. I would definitely go back. <clears throat> I think that what is important to remember, especially in the current times, where there are a lot of politics involved in everything that happens, that is that in China, there is a business environment, there is a social environment, a cultural environment that is extremely interesting to be a part of. And 
I don't think it's more difficult to come here than, for example, doing a career in Europe or US. I think it's maybe even easier because here you can truly use your creative skills. And like I said earlier, if you are in for an easy ride, you enjoy things that are easy, then perhaps this is not your cup of tea. If you really like challenges, you like interact with people, you like to take things heads on, you like to learn things, this is the place for you. Lars, you're, let's say, a few years older than me, and it seems that you like to have this position where you help younger people. Can people and our audience, young flexpats, can they reach out to you on LinkedIn and ask you for some advice for their personal challenges? Absolutely. I think that is... Uh, not only a pleasure, it's a responsibility. I think we all should, should try to support, influence, and share our experience to people that are coming here. So happy to do that. Thank you very much, Lars, for coming on the show. Thank you, and Zaijian. Thank you very much for having me. It was truly a pleasure. This was the China Flexpad podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Francis. We share the best advice of professionals in China to help you find a successful career path in China. Our guests tell you real-life problems and possible solutions for your professional and personal life in China. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss the next episode and enjoy more China and career-related content, connect with us on LinkedIn. Bye bye. And Zaijian. <laughs>